What's up, y'all? I am Chris Charles, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. I I don't even know why my voice cracked there, but hey, welcome back, man. My buddy Chris Kennedy is right with me, man. Save me, buddy. Save me. Um, so my voice hopefully won't crack, but uh, but yeah, I'm ready to talk about a really funky week in the NFL. Oh man, it, it, it was ridiculous, dude. I can't handle it, man. I every single game, like this was the apocalypse of the NFL season so far. And I mean, we're gonna be touching big time on a few of these topics because I can't handle it whatsoever. It really made me mad. My point spread picks took a dump uh legit mm-hmm. i mean yeah it was mm-hmm. it was no good man no i hear you but and my prize picks plays weren't bad um i think i ended up going like five of eight or maybe 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 six of eight or something like that but um it was just it was a weird week in general um i mean the only game that really kind of made sense and we talked about this a little bit earlier before we went on was, you know, that cold jets game mm-hmm. and then maybe kind of the Patriots Panthers, but I did expect the Panthers to put up a little bit more of a fight, you know, especially defensively, but we'll, we'll get into all the, and either way. It was just, it was a weird week. <laughs> one of the worst I've seen. And I mean, speaking, we'll talk about that one after, but I mean, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers first. I, you know, he's, mm. he, he's in the news. It's big news lately. I think it broke after we did our, did our last show. But I mean, okay. So he, he has the explanation. Everybody knows already by now. I mean, this is old yep. news, but I mean, we still want to put our two cents on it because it's it's kind of funny. I kind of got a kick out of it. So you guys know, everyone's saying he lied about his immunization, but he clearly was immunized his own way um, with the with the medical advice of Joe Rogan and company. I mean, he decided to go his own path, and I, I laugh and I joke, but teach their own. I mean, you guys want to do. I'm I'm never going to sit here and tell you what you should do when it comes to vaccinations. That is a personal preference, in my opinion. I understand both sides of the argument. But here's Aaron Rodgers. It just came out that the Packers got fined $300,000 for COVID violations. Aaron Rodgers and Alan Lazard nearly 15 G's apiece. And this is just legit a slap on the wrist for breaking COVID protocol. So really, I mean, are they as concerned as they're pretending and making it seem? Of course they're not. You know, or or let's let's be honest. If this were a different team, if this were not Aaron Rodgers, like, and I, I hate to use my own team as an example, but if this were the New England Patriots, that would have been a much bigger fine. There would have been probably draft picks taken away. It would have been a much bigger money, money dollar fine. You know, if it was Tom Brady, I mean, look what the, the, the suspension that he got, you know, for the whole deflate gate thing. So I, I think that this is the NFL protecting their, their, their golden boy there. And, you know, just moving on after this. Wow. You're, you're still a little butthurt after all that stuff. Eh? It just, it's, it's, and we uh, still want a damn Super Bowl. You see, so stop, your belly, stop your belly aching, man. It's like bubbling to the top. Whenever he talks about deflate gate, you can see it's like, it's coming out of his ears right now. You guys should see this man. He's all red. He needs a drink. <laughs> like, dude, but I digress moving on with Aaron Rodgers. No, I we will think, not and- because I want to stick to that one. <laughs> Go ahead. And so, so I, I, there was a meme that I saw that I thought was absolutely hilarious. And it was a woman asking, asking one of her coworkers and said, you know, Oh, have you had your morning coffee? And he goes, I've been caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, okay, Frick, like what? It, here's the thing. The, the one thing that I understand, if he didn't want to take the thing, the, the, the vaccine, and he went his own route and believed he was protected. Fine. 
but I mean the protocol. So he's been walking around, shaking everybody's hand, you know, giving the hugs after the games. You know, you see Carson Wentz, he's wearing that mask on the sideline. I'm, I'm assuming he's not vaccinated. That's why he's doing it. But mm-hmm. I mean, good God. I mean, really, and, when and is COVID going to freaking end, man? And that's the thing. It's like, if, if you, you want to be vaccinated, if you don't, that is a hundred percent your choice. Absolutely. But when you, when there are certain protocols that need to be followed, just follow the damn protocol. Okay. Like if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's fine. But like, you're hurting your team. Like you, you lost that game because you decided, you know, to not lie, but to try to manipulate the rules. So speaking of that game, because I think we're done with this topic anyway. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he may come back. He may not this week. We're still, it's debatable apparently uh, based on uh, what is isolation. But I mean, Jordan yeah. Love. Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. There was not much love for Love. Even his mom had to sit up in the top uh, bleacher watching I her saw son. that. Oh, that was tough, dude. <laughs> what was up with that? I'm like, dude, In the nosebleeds. In the nosebleeds. Like, you know, you can't spare some extra dough to get your mama down a little bit lower. Like, come on, bro. Like, they literally had to draw a circle around her. <laughs> and even then, it was tough to try to, like, make her out of the entire crowd. I saw a wicked meme on that one where the blimp, you know, where the blimp does the shot of the stadium over top. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, look, there's Jordan Love's mom's seats. <laughs> it was just awesome. But I it mean, was like, where's Waldo in an NFL state? Basically, it was unreal. But I mean, in that contest, what was it? 13 to 7 or something like that. It was a low scoring affair. Yeah, yeah. Kansas City's not fooling anybody, buddy. I, they're not fooling me, and and everyone's gonna sit here and tell me, oh, you know, they they won and they played well. They did not, and they still don't look right. They don't look good. I mean, we've discussed them at almost nauseum with their offensive line, the lack of run game, you know, the the lack of they're they're trying to be creative, but I mean, the execution is piss poor, and and I mean, I don't think this season is really salvageable, man. Like that was a a gift of a victory because Aaron Rodgers wasn't on the field. If, if AR was playing, man, that would have been a blowout. Oh, absolutely. And I think the silver lining or the one positive thing to come out of this Kansas city offense is Mahomes finally didn't turn the ball over. There he didn't go. fumble. He didn't throw an interception. So yay, good for you, Kansas city on that one, but you're absolutely right. I mean, the completion percentage is down. He barely threw for over 150 yards and and, and who knows, like maybe, uh, you know, a lot of this is, you know, when they get CEH back, then they'll have more of a, you know, of a solid running game to kind of take the pressure off from the homes. But hell, even with CEH in the lineup, this offense was still, still struggling. And it was, it was the defense that really kind of had to step up for him this time. Yeah. It's, I, I feel for the fans, man. Cause I mean, you, you went from glory all the way to bust within one season, basically. And I mean, the hangover from Super Bowl is, is real. Poor Kansas City Chiefs, but I want to discuss one thing that's on the top of my mind, and I'm pissed, man. This is almost a narrating of grievances because mm. I got some problems with you people, and and now you're going to hear about it because seriously, the NFL officiating, Chris, I am oh, I, I am beside myself. You know me more than anything, and shout out to K Mac. He's like, you should talk about this on the on the podcast. K Mac is one of our MVP members, and he's a good all around guy. And I mean, he's like, talk about this. I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I was pissed last night watching that game, and it's been it's been consistent the entire season. Phantom calls, garbage hits on the quarterback. I mean, you can't even like the one with Kyler Murray. They basically pushed him. He stumbled back, stayed on his feet. Personal foul. You know, the taunting calls like we saw last night on Monday Night Football. Yeah. 
unbelievable stuff here. Like the dude, okay. I understand you want to get taunting out of the game where it causes rift and fighting between the players. I completely understand that. Like the AJ Green versus uh, Jalen Ramsey chokeout. I get you want to remove that shit from the game wholeheartedly. But if I'm jawing at you being like, yo, man, I own you and you're going to throw a flag. Or if Buddy, like last night, he was staring at the sidelines at the other team. Really? You're going to cause a 15-yard penalty, and how many times have we seen it this year where this has uh, grossly impacted the score of the contest? Dude, I have I love football more than anybody, okay? Like, just as much as the top person in this world. You are ruining this game. Every single ounce of what I love in this game, you are taking it out, and you are ruining it, ruining it because of stupid calls that really mean nothing and it impacts everything in the game. So on top of it, you're saying play like beasts out there and monsters, but show zero emotion. How the hell are, are people supposed to do that? Well, that's the thing is, I mean, not only is the NFL taking away the physicality from the sport, but yeah, you're right. Now it's taking away a lot of this fun from celebrations taunting, which, you know, yeah, as long as it's not malicious, you know, and it's not creating these big, fights and brawls and whatnot. I have no problem with it. I mean, the player who was, who got that personal foul, um, you know, for, for doing his normal cel- sack celebration. And then, and then subsequently got hip checked by Tony Carrenti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. mean, come on, like let, let the guys have fun, let them enjoy the game. And it's one of those things where you don't want me to celebrate. Stop me. It's one of those things where in baseball, you know, okay. You don't, you know, you don't want the, the, the batter to flip his bat or to, you know, stare down his home run. Well, make a better pitch. There you go. And I mean, is it, so here's the thing. There was so much, uh, it's a hypocrisy. So here's the thing. I can even sit here and tell you, I don't agree with the penalty for roughing the passer at all. I think it's horseshit. I think it's garbage. However, I can digest it. If you call it uh, regularly and consistently fair, this mm-hmm. is the problem here. You're just picking and choosing whenever you want to call these uh, these flags now. Like last night's game was a, I don't even know, like a dumpster fire. There were so many flags. I couldn't handle every three plays flag, three plays flag. And you're like, yo, you're breaking up all the momentum in this contest uh, that you're enjoying it. Nevertheless, I mean, here we go. What did I have? I had two two calls that really pissed me off. It was the low block on Chicago, and and this really impacted the game. It, it was it was T.J. Watt coming off the right side, and the the low block should have been a legal block on the defender wasn't called. Subsequently, on the next player, the next couple of plays after that late hit on Justin Fields, the ball was released. Man, like uh, I gotta say, a couple seconds, and then he gets hit. He's laying on the ground. No call. Phantom mm-hmm. hip hypocrisy in all of this officiating crew and the NFL seriously is going to stand behind this and say that this is okay. I am, I am baffled, man, like baffled. Yeah. I mean, that was a game that Chicago easily had a very good chance of winning last night. And with, because of all those crappy, crappy calls, I mean, it really just completely went into the Steelers favor. And I think as far as the NFL is concerned, you know, as long as the revenue is coming in and they're making that money, I don't really care. I don't honestly don't even think they care what kind of product they put on the field. It's looking that way now, and it, it, it's frustrating as a football fan. You're, you've yeah. taken out, like, really, I mean, if we're looking at it year over year over year, et cetera, 
the play really has fallen off. And I mean, it's not only because you're trying to make it into a passing league only where, you know, you're, you're removing the fundamentals of football. It's extremely easy to guard uh, offenses that are only passing. Go ask the Buffalo Bills this week, how, how they did last week without a run game. I mean, this is how it, how it's morphing into. And the game literally is losing its luster for what it used to be. I remember uh, as a teenager, man, for God's sakes, games that were just legit on fire because they allowed the guys to play. You called the outrageous stuff. You called the holding. Holding has always been there, but you called the outrageous stuff, and there was no personal foul calls like we're seeing on the on the weekly, on the daily in these games. I mean, dude, I, I have such a love-hate relationship with the league right now. Um, I, I honestly don't know where to go from here because if, if this continues, we got, what, 10, 7 more, 8 more weeks of this, and then plus yeah, playoffs? I mean, Chris, man. We're already me. halfway through the already halfway through the regular season help me man help me I don't, I, what can we do let's write a letter we we can certainly write a letter and i know exactly what it, where it's going to go it's going to mm-hmm. go into their imaginary suggestion box sure and it's not gonna gonna go anywhere yeah so we gotta find where roger goodell lives is what you're saying so we'll, 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 we're gonna have to discuss that off air, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll come up with something. Don't worry. So if anything happens to him between now and then, we we did, we did not do it because we're recording. So there's our alibi. Yeah, Charles Charles was with his kids, and I was in the bathroom. There you go. <laughs> Whose bathroom were you in? My bathroom. Okay, perfect. not Roger Goodell's bathroom. I was gonna no, say <laughs> no, no. <laughs> oh, it's already off the rails. On the other hand, Justin Fields. He was impressive last night. Let's give it to him because, you know, so far this season, Mac Money Jones has been the best rookie quarterback, I think we can say. Yep. But last night, Justin Fields did show me something. So there was two sides of field. So he was, he got rattled. It's like, remember that movie Draft Day where they were evaluating Buddy's tape, the quarterback? What was his name? Oh, um, Bo Bo Callahan. Bo Callahan. So remember they're reviewing Bo Callahan's tape and they're like, oh, he, he's just he's unbelievable. And then Vontae Mack comes and sacks him and he says, look at the next play. And he was off. He threw the ball. Mm-hmm. He was flustered. We saw this from Fields last night, and I started noticing this after he gets hit a few times. He gets the happy feet, and then he's off target. He makes quicker decisions than he has to, even in the rushing aspect. He rolls out of the pocket, or he goes into the open field, and he really his vision stops because it's it's weird. It's almost like he's prepping for the hit. And three times last night, he took some shots he really didn't have to. They even like bent him in half on one of them. But then he picked it up. He understand. He started seeing what the defense was giving him, and he was actually going forward with his progressions. He made some big boy throws on that last touchdown drive to give him the lead. I mean, right now he's he's on the uh, ascend, man. Like he looks good. Yes, and with all the pressure that he was getting from uh, Cameron Hayward and T.J. Watt, I was impressed with that poise. You know, especially with somebody who has struggled. You know, the beginning of the season, it looks it's finally looked like he's starting to figure it out a little bit. And like with most rookies the game is starting to slow down a little bit for him. You know, even with Matt Nagy back on the sidelines, I think that Fields is, you know, this next half of the season, the second half of the season is going to be the real part of the season that we want to see from Fields. Yeah, it was it was good, man. Nagy, I was joking on Twitter. I said, uh, Andy Reid is going to legally remove your uh, uh, ability to say that you're in the coaching tree because you just suck. <sighs> Big games this weekend, man. I'm still sad because all these games, like Dallas, let's start there. What the mm. frick happened 
in Dallas, man. The Denver Broncos just come out on fire. They could do legit no wrong. Vontae was running like a Marshawn Lynch of young. Dallas just couldn't get it together. And and what the hell happened, man? All right. So first of all, I want to I want to ask a question. Why is Melvin Gordon still getting more touches than Javante Williams? Like, let's just knock it off. This they is, don't like our fantasy teams, man. It's insane. Um, but I mean, Denver's Denver's defense, you know, with or without Von Miller, like they're still a very good defense. And Dak Prescott, just, I, I don't I don't know what's going on with him. Like he just is not looking as good. Zeke wasn't able to really get going. Tony Pollard was just non-existent for the most part. I mean, when when Dalton Schultz is your leading receiver and you have Amari Cooper and you have Zeke, you have CeeDee Lamb, even Cedric Wilson to an extent, like there's there's no excuse for why that should happen. It was unreal. I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was it was dysfunction in Dallas on top of it. I mean, Teddy Two Gloves looked like he was Peyton Manning. I mean, Tim Patrick, he was I I, I, I baffled. I'm baffled. I'm lost for words. Speaking of lost, where the hell, words, where the hell was Cortland Sutton? Where exactly. was Cortland Sutton all day? Where was Cortland Sutton? People getting the ball like uh, Oprah's spending money, and Cortland Sutton does nothing for me. Thanks, man. Uh, Albert O was getting was getting more love than Sutton was. Say his last name. Come on, I'd rather not do it. You, you know just... what? I'm gonna I'm 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 looking at his name right now, and I'm going to say that his name. Oh dear God, I apologize for this. Is Albert Albert? It's like, it's like 24 letters. Okwaga. Okwabagunum. <laughs> not that's not okay. I apologize, sir. Guess what's going on social media tomorrow? <laughs> in case, in case Albert O is watch is listening oh, to this podcast, man. I wholeheartedly am sorry. He's gonna hear that one tomorrow. He's gonna be like, dude, and it's crazy. Just gonna let it come off the tongue. I, I, you're good on you, man, because I do not know for the life of me how to pronounce that man's name. But the Buffalo Bills, the Buffalo, God darn it, Bills. What the hell did you do to me, man? This was like, you know what? Watching the 2000 Buffalo Bills with JP Lossman. Like, that's how bad this was. It was the jokes were flying. The memes were coming out. Josh Allen sacks Josh Allen. Josh Allen intercepts Josh Allen. And I'm just like, can you guys stop it? Like, this hurts enough. Josh Josh Allen sacks Josh Allen. Josh Allen forces a fumble on On Josh Josh Allen. Allen. Yeah. Like, it hurts, man. Jacksonville, of all teams, okay, they played great on defense. So the Bills had some injuries to the offensive line. Two two pieces were out. But, I mean, I don't understand what the hell the Bills were doing in this contest whatsoever. No targets, basically, to Stephon Diggs in that first half. Cole Beasley is now your extension to the run game because you you can't run the ball. Devin Singletary looked good. Zach Moss looked like dog shit. I mean, the defense was getting burned. I mean, but again, see, here's the thing. Even when the Bills had a third down covered, flag, flag, personal foul, flag, personal foul. Like, this is all I saw. And and look at the impact you did in this game. Like, yes, Josh Allen played very bad, the Buffalo Bills' Josh Allen. But, I mean, what is – are you concerned? Because as a Bills fan, I know what I feel. As an outsider to my team and as an outsider to, like, fantasy football for the Buffalo Bills – are you concerned? I'm not. I mean, I think that it was a it was a one-off game for Josh Allen. You know, he started off the year a little bit slow, then he got things going, and then he had the setback against Jacksonville. And the one thing with this game is, you know, you look at the receiving numbers from for for the Bills. Everything was okay. Like guys were getting peppered with targets, but it was the turnovers by Josh Allen. It was their inability to get into the end zone. 
because when you have two guys that are averaging 15 yards a catch or more, you know, four guys getting at least eight targets, you've got to be finding the end zone. And their inability to do that was was very, very disappointing and very surprising, especially against a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars. So for me, I think it was a one off. It was a blip on the radar. You know, you're you're on to week 10 and you go forward. But no, I'm not I'm not pushing the panic button even though you're only one game ahead of, or ha- even half a game ahead of the Patriots right now. So yeah, it doesn't feel good right now. I'm, I'm actually drinking Pepto-Bismol as we speak right now, because <laughs> my stomach does not feel so good, man. The stress is real, but I mean, here's what I was thinking the minute the game ended. And I said, you know, I was talking with some buddies and I'm like, you know, this, this is going to define this team and it's either way. There's no middle ground for me. It's either, this is really going to break you as, as a bunch and you're not going to go anywhere or this is going to catapult you to the next level that you need to go as that Super Bowl contender that everyone was expecting coming into this season. It was everything was wrong. Mm-hmm. The execution was wrong. The play calling was wrong. Sean McDermott on the sidelines with the turnovers or uh, with the timeouts, excuse me. The the poor clock manager. You call he called a timeout when Jacksonville was still in field goal range, gave them the ability to kick the field goal and they got it. That was the difference in this game. So then you can pinpoint it to coaching, but then I'm going to sit here and tell you how many times the execution was poor on Josh Allen's part. The fact that you can't run the ball still, this is a major concern for me. And, and even though if you're planning to use Cole Beasley as an extension to the run game, you got to have commitment to that shit. Like he's got to mm-hmm. be nine, 10 targets a game. And then you spread outside because do it like the Patriots did with Tom Brady, with Wes Welker and company when you had no run game, that's what the bills got to do in this offense. If they choose not to run the ball. Well, yeah, because when you look at what Cole Beasley did, I mean, he was averaging four yards a catch. So exactly. like you said, he was literally an extension of the run game. And, you know, for Beasley on his end, though, like you've got to do something after the catch. Like you can't, you, you've got to do something after the catch. Like, I don't care if it's an end around, if it's a slant, whatever kind of a short route you're running, you got to do something with it because you're, you're a speedy guy. You're elusive. You got to help out your football team. Yeah, man. Josh Allen got uh, fantasy owners probably like what? Six points this week. It was not a good look guys. You were better off starting Kyler Murray. Cleveland versus Cincinnati. What is mm. going what is going on with the Bengals, man? The, what in the matter of two weeks, they go from first place to last place in the division. They drop a dud in this contest. Joe Burrow was throwing picks all over the place. 41 to 16. Baker's feeling dangerous. And I mean, you know what? When Steve Smith called him out, did you see this Steve Smith call Steve Smith call out on the on live uh, b- uh, pregame? No, I did not see that. Oh, man. So it was all about the OBJ. And, you know, you know, my feelings on OBJ, the diva esque, all that, you know, showboat, getting people to, you know, come to bat for you, et cetera. But this was funny because Steve Smith goes on the pregame and he's like, Baker, you are just average. You're not a good quarterback. You can't support a guy like OBJ and blah, blah, blah. And, And I'm not a Baker fan. I'm not even defending Baker here. Right. But I was like, yo, chill out, Steve, because. That's a little bold. So that just tells me you're defending the person more than you're you're defending the player and the play on the field. So nevertheless, Baker without OBJ, he goes F you, Steve Smith, to a 41 to 16 tally. Yeah, but when you look at Baker, what he did, like Baker (laughs) had himself an average game. Okay, let's be honest. He didn't go out there and wasn't he wasn't just slinging it all over the field. Like, no, he was he had himself an average football statistical game. Okay. The real part of this uh, story right here was the Browns defense and Nick 
motherfucking chub. All right. That was the story for, for this game. I mean, the defense was great. You know, we're able to contain Joe Burrow and chase and that entire offense. And then Nick Chubb just ran a muck all over this Cincinnati defense. And then at the end of the game, someone gave him COVID. Like that was your parting gift for beating this team so bad. Yeah, that was freaking rude, by the way. Who does yeah. that? Who does that shit, man? Like, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, mean, I was, you know what I was doing? I was throwing out my fishing line and I was hoping I was going to catch you there. And, and you didn't, you didn't bite. You, you just don't like No, Baker. because I will, I, it's hard for me to give Baker his props because I don't like him at all. But, and, and he, he played a fine game. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't, you know, OBJ could have been playing and it still would have been the same outcome in my in my opinion. So with now OBJ no longer here. Yep. Does this make Cleveland a better rounded team? Um, I don't think so, because I think they're still going to do the same things they were doing before. They're going to establish the run. You know, they're going to be a, a more of a, of a run heavy team. Um. I think what it does is it certainly helps to open things up for those secondary guys like Anthony Schwartz and uh, Peoples Jones. Maybe they run some more two tight end sets with Njoku and Harrison Bryant. But I think it's just, I think it's business as normal, to be honest with you, because OBJ, even when he was healthy, he wasn't commanding a crazy number of targets. You know, Jarvis Landry was getting just as many targets as OBJ was. So for me, I don't think it changes a whole lot, to be honest with you. I'm excited about DPJ, man. You know who I'm talking about? Little Donovan Peoples Jones. Boom! He knows the acronym because Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh, he, he looked good. But let's dive into OBJ real quick before we dive into some of these other games. He now officially, breaking news, has a, uh, a cleared waivers. Nobody's yes. paying him the $7.5 million that he covets. And now all of a sudden he has asked and uh, reached out to the New England Patriots, the Green Bay Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs, Seattle Seahawks, and a couple others. I, I bet you were happy to see uh, your Patriots on that list. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I've actually already gone to the Patriots Pro Shop, and I've already like put Ordered. a mock-up together of what a custom OBJ Pats jersey number 13 would look like. Don't do and it. if he does sign there, I, I can't hit checkout fast enough. Don't do it. I think that, I, no, no, no. And I say this because... You know, I think that, and Kyle mentioned earlier in our group chat that I think it would be great for, for a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, you know, does it hurt the value of a lot of the other guys? Yeah. Would I go up and be super excited about OBJ fantasy wise? Absolutely not. But from a real football standpoint, certainly, because he's going to be, he gives that team what they don't have. And that is an alpha legit number one receiver. Um, and also I think it would be great if you went to the chiefs, you know, not from, you know, any other football fans standpoint, but for the Chiefs, maybe OBJ could help kind of really spark that offense and get them going again. So I'm going to I'm going to pick Green Bay. Green Bay is my choice. If he goes to Green Bay, I think that is a match made in heaven because now you have the legitimate outside weapon that you require. You can put him in the slot, help out Devonte. It would do magic for this run game. If you talk like you like Aaron Jones now, you like A.J. Dillon now, get OBJ on this club and that team is going to run a freaking through anybody um i don't want to see him go to kansas city personally simply because i think they're broken and i think it's a waste i get mm -hmm. where you, i get where you're coming from though because they need the help all the help they can get i just it, it's gonna be interesting man i mean where do you think he's going i'm kind of new england really I, I just i can't see it man so his his the reports that came out said that he was prioritizing green bay so, so it sounds like that could be you know as long as 
Green Bay wants him there. And if Aaron Rodgers has anything to say with it, you know, he's been just preaching for another receiver. I think that, you know, that's, that's going to be the likely landing spot for him. Um, the one thing with Green Bay is I just want them to be able to just, just, just use Aaron Jones because pretty much through the entire first half of that game, AJ Dillon was leading the team in rushing yards and receiving yards through the first half. And it was like Aaron Jones wasn't getting used until the fourth quarter. So just free Aaron Jones. Okay. Let the man just run loose. And, and like, like hell, if they get OBJ, then yeah, they're going to have all the, they're going to have all the room to, to run if they want. And man, AJ Dillon right now, 11 point, what eight t- uh, touches total touches the last three games. And yeah, his his value is starting to increase man if you guys got him on your bench i would be smiling because even with aaron jones right now they you know what they're doing they're saving him for the playoffs aaron jones you know this they're already limiting his touches because they are they're going to the dance we know this and with Um, somebody as big as aj dylan the fact that they were using him as much as they did this past week in the receiving game mm. that that was something i did not expect to see and if they would have ran more they would have won that game jordan love just Mm -hmm. wasn't cutting it man and they just continue to keep throwing and the back shoulder fades and it was just wasn't. he kept force feeding it to Devontae adams i get it like he's your number one guy but like he was just forcing it to him all game long yeah it was it was crazy jordan love there's no love for jordan love atlanta 27 new orleans 25 this was another shocker to me really i mean i had the debate we discussed this you know sometimes i require someone else to help me out when it comes to my fantasy starts it's because it's it's voice of reason for us analysts you know we Mm -hmm. know the stats we do the work but then all of a sudden you get in your own head a little bit and you're like, really, am I overthinking this? So you reach out to your buddy and you say, Hey, Mr. Chris, who would you pick here? And I had Matt Ryan on this list and, and you yep. shot that down very quickly. And I said, okay, I understand because we're of the same opinion. I said, we think the Atlanta Falcons are on the dump down and they will blow up soon. Cause we talked about this last year. He has a day and I don't fault you for it because my thought process yeah, 27 points. You see what I'm saying? And I don't fault you for it because our thought process What was your other was, option, by the way, that I said it was a uh, Trevor Simeon and Jordan love. <laughs> oh, and I said, go Jordan love. You oh, I'm a love. dummy. No, and I, I, didn't, I didn't listen to you, though. I, I, I started Simeon. So at least we're in the in the middle ground. I think I got like okay. 18, I got 18 points. So you're off the hook. But <laughs> but what I'm saying is in this in this contest, I was shocked because of how well the Saints defense played the week before. Yeah, and they were they were at home, I believe. Or was this in Atlanta? I think uh, it was- no, it was in it was in New Orleans. Exactly. So the, yeah. this shocked me even more. The fact that he was on the road. I get it. It's a dome. You're a dome team. I completely understand. But Cordero Dam Patterson, man. See, remember when we discussed this? The the mm. share and the trend going to this man over Kyle Pitts. Pitts had an okay day, but this is going to continue. And I mean, my question is, how has Atlanta figured this out and nobody else could have? I, I I'm 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 shocked. Well, that's the thing is, I mean, you know, Patterson it's gets drafted rookie. by yeah, he got he got drafted by what the Vikings years ago. Yeah, man, like ten years and, ago. And just, you know, they they tried to use him as like a Percy Harvin kind of a role, you know, that gadget player didn't work out and just bounced around. And then Atlanta just kind of just unlocked that cheat code. And I mean, seriously, he's going deep. He's going on the outside. He's running the ball. He had a good comment. He says, hey, my mom worked three jobs. He says, I can I can play three positions. And and damn right, sir, you are playing three positions and you're balling. No, he's I mean, he has exceeded all expectations. Um and it's just, and again, I just had to, I had to touch on this again. 
Mike Davis, like what it is, what a freaking disappointment because his prop coming into this game. Don't tell me you told me 23 and a half rushing yards. And I was like, you know what? Oh yeah. Yeah. Why would you do it? He was at, he was at 18. Okay. In like the beginning of the fourth quarter, he had one run after that for negative five yards and he had finished with 13 <laughs> yards rushing in the early fourth quarter. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Unbelievable. So poor Mike Davis. Man. <laughs> He's got a family, man. You guys make him lose five yards in the fourth. They're like, come on. Oh, these Falcons and Cordero Patterson, you know, it, it the, the, the short sightedness is what hurts in the heart for me because he, mm. was there. he was there on the waivers. I had an opportunity to grab him for no money. And and because you know people wanted to see three weeks of of good play from Cordero and and then all of a sudden he became the big waiver wire thing but he was right there and I was like yeah you know what it doesn't hurt to pick him up but I was like yeah I could pick up somebody else stupid idiot I am oh, I didn't I had the opportunity to do the exact same thing in every league and I I said you know no I'm gonna wait because he's burned me before and why should I trust him now thank you and just like Alan Robinson. We're not friends anymore, Cordero. I'm sorry. Another shit show of a contest, man. Arizona 31, San Francisco 17. And everybody who didn't watch the game is like, what do you mean shit show? They got Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt. No, they do not, man, because this was Colt McCoy show. This was uh, no D-Hop, no J.J. Watt like we know. Even Chase Edmonds goes down and they have to use James Conner. And it was the Colt McCoy, James Conner show. 31 to 17 San Francisco looked like they were lost. They look like a pop Warner squad. And we discussed Kyle Shanahan, potentially his seat getting warm. I think it got a little warmer after this one because Colt McCoy just gave it to you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the fact that Colt McCoy just destroyed you, uh, James Connor looked like Alvin Kamara pretty much between the rushing and receiving work that he had. And I mean, Jimmy G didn't play terribly, you know, to be honest with you, but the Niners as a whole are just an absolute mess. And granted, you didn't have Debo Samuel, but George Kittle was back. He had himself a game. Brandon Ayuk, you know, finally you decided to get him involved as well. But the fact that you still had all that talent and you weren't able to do anything, that's a that's a red flag. Big time. And I mean, okay, the injuries again are piling up. They lost Kinlaw. He's gone for the season before this game. And, and you can just see the inadequacy littered all over this offense. They lost their uh, McGlinchey, the star tackle. He's gone with a peck injury. So, I mean, it just the, the injuries just keep mounting for this 49ers team. But if we're going to continue down the path of the 49ers, let's touch on Ayuk really quickly because, I mean, he was the guy that everybody, they, everybody including myself, we were super high on him going into the offseason. And, and this was supposed to be the breakout. Then all that stuff came about. You guys understand and know this. But here's the thing. If, if the 49ers, man, are going to be this team that is going to consistently lose from now until the end of the season, December in meaningless contests for Brandon Ayuk, who has to regain the trust of his quarterback or his uh, coaching staff, mm-hmm. target share pig. All right, so... When you're looking at, at the offense right now, you know, and, you know, Debo Samuels was banged up a little bit coming into the game. They've decided to finally get Ayuk involved. Kittle's back, obviously, was was traditional Kittle and what he was doing. Um, but, like, at this point, your offense, 
you have what you need there. You have Elijah Mitchell at running back. Okay. He's been fine. You know, you got, you got Jeff Wilson back as well. The defense is fairly healthy for the most part, minus Javon Kinlaw, like you mentioned, you know, you still have Bosa and Warner and Armstead and all those other guys. So for me personally, I think it's just, it, it's the coaching. It's got to be, it's, it's the coaching for me. And that's why I think that Shanahan has got to be on the hot seat. And does he make it past this season? You know, does he make it into next season? I don't know. But at this point, he has very few excuses as to why they can't win football games right now. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I completely understand it. it, it and, and I'm a supporter of, of Shanahan. I think that he, when he is on, he's on. Right now, he's lost. And I mean, I don't I don't have any explanation for it either. I mean, with the IUK situation, like I'm saying, I'm uh, if, if they're losing, you got to understand this is an evaluation tool that Shanahan is going to do. Can IUK is he out of the doghouse right now? 15 targets over the last two games? Maybe. I and mean, he has to be. He has right? to be. He has to get more involved. Absolutely. And, and, and meaningless games in December. And many of you guys see him on your waiver wire. You go and get him and you stash him right now because honestly, meaningless games in December, Ayuk could bring you a, a league championship because of target share. If it if it pans out this way, it's a theory. And I, I'm usually pretty good on my theories. I mean, and if you're in a, you know, whether it's half or full PPR league, I mean, just a floor for what he could be giving you is at least 12 points per game, you know, and that right there is you know a wide receiver to flex spot for you every single week as it should have been from day one this season damn you kyle shanahan you're ruining other people's lives not just the people in san francisco buddy tennessee 28 to the la Rams 16 chris no king mm. Hen no king henry in prime time on sunday night football no i could not believe what i was watching what i witnessed in this contest so Everyone cussed the Buffalo Bills for losing to this Tennessee team, right? Okay, fine. I took the heat. I heard it from all my friends. They're like, your Bills suck. They can't do anything. And Josh Allen can't do a quarterback sneak to save his life. He's like seven feet tall. He can't do whatever. The Tennessee Titans defensive <laughs> <laughs> defensive line since that game. Man, they've been playing lights out, man. Jeffrey Simmons is showing the top five uh, uh, potential that he had coming into the draft, coming into the league. He fell to 19 simply because uh, of that ACL injury. And, and it's finally kicking in, man. They're starting to show the true colors. And this defensive front, even without King Henry and Adrian Peterson now running the ball, they controlled the entire game. And the Rams had zero answers. Oh, absolutely. I mean... The fact that, you know, the, not only the Rams not have any, have any answers at all. I mean, Stafford threw the ball almost 50 times and had less than 300 yards passing, you know, um, Woods, Cup, Higby, all double digit targets, you know, granted Woods and Cup got very close to hundred yards each, but they just weren't able to get anything going on, on offense. And on the flip side of the ball, when you're looking at the other with Tennessee's offense, how about Adrian Peterson just coming off the streets and scoring a touchdown in his right. in his first game back? Huh? Unreal, man. What is he? Fifty years old. Frank Gore couldn't do that, man. He looked good though. He looks like he's fit. He's, I mean, he's slow. I mean, remember when we said Dev Devonta Freeman? He comes in there. He looked good, even man. He had some pep in his step. Yeah, and so for anyone that says you know those coming off Achilles injuries, you know can't can't come back and play. 
Look at Deontay Foreman. All right. The man's doing just fine. He's doing just fine. But I mean, by the way, don't don't pick him up in any of your fantasy leagues. Do not spend no money because even my McNichols theory just went through the floor. I mean, I (laughs) I seriously thought, you know, even with Julio, you know, he comes back. I thought that they would have utilized him a little bit more. They did not made me. He got got three targets. Yeah, that's not enough. I wanted to see like seven and I wanted to see a touchdown and through the air like. No, Tennessee. Will Jeff, Jeff Swaim had more targets than McNichols. Yes, did. he did. And that's very sad. I mean, are we putting Tennessee in Super Bowl contention category at this point because of how they're playing? Yeah. And if if Derrick Henry can get healthy by the end of the season and help them, you know, get, actually come back for the playoffs, then absolutely. As long as he can be healthy in the playoffs, then absolutely. I think Tennessee is a team that can contend for the AFC. This is a tall task, though, man. This is like the program. The defense has to freaking ball out every week. And I mean, th- I think that's the standard. If if they if they yeah. let up a, a little bit, I mean, all you got is Kevin Byard back there, really. Um, so, I mean, if you're going to let up on the defensive front, you're you can always mask inadequacy on your defensive back end with a great pass rush. And that's exactly what the Tennessee Titans are doing. Chase Edmonds, he is gone for four to six weeks. Sorry about your luck, all Chase Edmonds owners. And now it's James Conner time, baby. 37.8 points or something like that, half PPR. Just another day in the office for James Conner. I mean, what about Eno Benjamin? He's got to be a pickup as well. I think so. I mean, I think he's going to be a fine handcuff. But the one thing with James Conner now is just the way that he was, not that he's going to be used in the receiving game, you know, that much again. I don't, at least I don't believe so. But I mean, just the fact that he had that balance is, I mean, hell, James Conner could be a league winner for you for the rest of the season, because who knows what, you know, but what's going to look like when Edmonds comes back. But I think, I think Benjamin will be fine as a handcuff. I don't know if I'd pick him up because he's had this opportunity before and he hasn't really done very much with it. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, you know, if Kyler, if Kyler comes back, I don't like the Eno, Eno thing. I, I think he'll get, you know, a couple of sprinkles here and there, but then they're going to utilize Kyler a little bit more in the run game. But if it is Colt McCoy, I think that Eno actually could have that split role where they're going to try to control the clock and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a big one for me. I think if Kyler sits again, I think uh, Eno and you're desperate for running backs, like most of us are at this time of the year, Eno's a guy. Eno is a decent guy. I don't like his name, but I mean... Eno Benjamin. No, I hear you. I mean, and and all right. So the one thing with Eno is that if you take away that 21 yard run that he had, he would have finished the game with eight carries for like 25 yards. And that's fantastic numbers. Or like, sorry, sorry, like 15, 15 yards. That's fantastic numbers. That's all you need in fantasy football. To lose. Yeah. (laughs) Nick Chubb and uh, Mr. Felton on the COVID list. Dearness Johnson's got to be the guy coming out, man. So I I think most of the time he's been put on the waiver wire for everybody to go and get. So I'm sure he's going to be a hot commodity, but it's going to be high risk, high reward because both Chubb and Felton are uh, vaccinated. So they only have to cover what two days of uh, negative tests and they can come back and play. Yeah, This this is a murky situation, man. Thank God the game's on Sunday. I think I think Chubb will be fine. I think Chubb plays, to be honest with you. Um, and at least in the, in the leagues that I'm in, Dearness Johnson is rostered. Like he, whoever you know picked him up when Chubb was out, didn't release him. So I'm kind of SOL in my leagues where I don't even have the opportunity to pick up Johnson. But if you do, I would absolutely put a claim in on him because the man, when he does get a heavy workload, the man can produce. He can produce. And I think in my league it was like 54% owned. So I mean, he's still out there in some of Yahoo leagues. 
Get your popcorn ready. Pat Fryermuth, the Muth, baby. What did I tell y'all? Go back and look at the scouting report on, excuse me, on Headliner U. I got some heat from one of these fans out there. He says to me, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, dude. This guy sucks. He runs a 4.72. His arms are the wingspan are the shortest in the league. You don't know. You should not be calling football. I said, yo, dude. I said, Gronkowski's wingspan compared to a Friar Muth is like an inch off. Relax. I said, 4.72 for a tight end. That's like 260. Relax. I said, have you seen this man play at Penn State? He says, no. I said, relax. Relax, mother F, because you know what? It's the Muth. And the truth is in the Muth, man. He looks legit. He looks elite. He looks very good. And just imagine Aaron Rodgers on this Pittsburgh Steeler offense next season. Super Bowl. Um, so I'm going to give you a little, a little stat that you are personally going to enjoy. Since week six, no tight end in the NFL is averaging more half PPR points than the Muth. Oh. All right. He's the overall tight end four right now since week six and averaging more than anyone else in the league at 13 and a half half PPR points per game. Excuse me while I go wipe my chin, because that is just unbelievable stuff. He's good, man. And, and if it wasn't for Kyle Pitts, we talked about this with, with Kyle Pitts scouting report and everything. I mean, go check out headliner. You damn it. We did so many scouting reports on these players and a lot of them are working. We won't talk about the ones that we got wrong, but Hey, <laughs> this, this is just how it goes. We only talk about the good stuff on this show, but I, you know, the, the Muth was one of the ones that, you know, if it wasn't for Kyle Pitts, he would have been the top uh, prospect coming out of this draft. And, and because Kyle yeah. Pitts was that elitist, like uh, generational tight end athletic ability, et cetera, the Muth at four, seven, two looks slow. He looked unathletic. Go look at that catch. He made man over the top last night in the end zone. And the Muth fun fact has never in college to the NFL, never dropped a red zone target. That's phenomenal. That's crazy. So when I'm looking at the, the scouting reports that we had done for, you know, that we had set up for tight ends, um, there were like three, maybe four on the list. There were Pitts, Friar Muth, I think Hunter Long and and like Kenny Yado, uh, Yaboa. Yaboa. Yeah. yeah, but it was it was Pitts and Fryermuth, and then and there was everybody else. That's basically it. And it, it was even Pitts above Fryermuth at that point. And I mean, right, rightful, right. rightfully so, just based on pure skill. But, you know, when you talk about baby Gronk, he doesn't like baby Gronk. So let's not use that and disrespect the man because I, I, I coined him the Muth. And now the whole crowd chants when he catches a ball. Muth. You have like me to that. thank. You have me to thank for that. You know what I was just say when those when those terrible towels get waved in the air, you know, there better be Chouse's name on on yeah. most of them. You know, every time you yell out the mooth in that stadium, I get a royalty from now on. I will be calling the owner and we're gonna hash this out, man. I need to get paid. How can this that's, creativity go that's, away like that's that? That's another that's another suggestion box thing right there. Why are you hurting feelings over? <laughs> Shit. You're hurting feelings, man. Come on. Sam Darnold, man, I got to eat some major crow on this show. God, man, just use the lube, man, because it's going to hurt. Um, like, seriously, it's it's really bad. <laughs> What's going on? And I was you believed him, you believed I did believe and he did repay me in my in my belief, but it only lasted three weeks. And now it's 
you got Robbie Anderson on the sideline being like, dude, he's like, what did he say? Tighten up, bitch. And then he walked away. I was like, whoa, dude, Robbie like, is not he's, happy. He's walking back and forth on the sideline. Just and every time he passes him, he just like spits something else like at him, just yelling at him. Tighten up, <laughs> god damn it. Like he was he was going off. And I mean, you know, they got history from New York, so he's not afraid to call out Sam Darnold, but he looks so bad. And and when you saw Julian Edelman, you posted that in the DM where he was he seeing ghosts again. It was legit ghosts, man. How many picks he have in that game? He had at least three. Yeah. Yeah. He did not look good. And the one thing I want to say, though, is um, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to be a receiver and you're going to, you know, chew out your, you know, your, your, your quarterback like that. Okay. Make sure you aren't like third in the league in drops. Okay. So like you can't you can't be this receiver and dropping all these passes and then yell at your quarterback for like not making the right throws like dude <laughs> like fucking pump the brakes over here okay if DJ Moore did that then sure because DJ Moore has backed up his play like mm -hmm. DJ Moore's had his own drops but DJ Moore is like you know he's he's that that leader there for them or if it was CMC sure Robbie Anderson go figure out what you've done wrong <laughs> and just take a freaking break. It's, I tell I told you, man, we talked about this on uh, previous shows where I said the New York connection. That's why Robbie left and they brought Sam to follow him and it's ruined his career. And, and you Again. know, Robbie was like, oh, hell no. He's like, God damn it, man. I left New York to get away from this clown and you guys brought him to ruin me again. Like, it, uh, you know, all jokes aside, though, it is really, really bad. And it's almost like they, they did a Tyrod Taylor lung puncture and like tried to twist his arm off because now he's out for a couple of weeks with a shoulder problem because they don't want to see the shit either on the field anymore. P.J. Walker is going to get the start. And I mean, God knows what we're going to get from P.J. I get it. He's got a cannon of an arm. He can run the football, but his accuracy is on, on question as well. So, I mean, is this really much of an upgrade? Because DJ Moore is killing us out here this year. Yes. So I think PJ Walker will be a, a good, he'll be good for DJ Moore because in the game that PJ Walker started last year uh, for Teddy Bridgewater, he was just peppering DJ Moore with targets. And I expect to see more of the same with him, you know, over these next few games while Darnold is out. So yeah, PJ Walker, not going to pick him up any leagues. But I'm going to love my DJ Moore shares because I do think that he elevates his game a little bit more because of the volume he should see. I hope so, because I mean, my fantasy team, man, is, is desperately in need of DJ Moore action and it's not been happening. And I mean, goodness, but it is uh, if you didn't know, it's uh, 2017. My time machine works, Chris. Um, oh. we, ha we have gone back in time and we're sitting right now. It's it's 20 the year 2017. And, and this that's why I look so young. Right. Huh. Right. You don't have gray hairs anymore. And that's why, you know, this podcast will be number one ranked because it's 2017 and nobody did podcast back then. But it's freaking Jordan Howard. man. It's 2017 because right? Jordan Howard is back. I don't understand. What, I, 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 I'm baffled. I don't get it. I'm confused. Um, the coaching staff in Philadelphia just really doesn't like shiny new cars. They, they like the old beaters, apparently. But the beater is, it's one of those, it's like the old Honda Civic you used to have, man. It had like, uh, you know, 200,000 uh, miles on it. And then, you know, you, you, it just never burnt oil. You could still drive it everywhere. It was, it was reliable in the cold. This is Jordan Howard. And finally, they're starting to use him. Remember, we had this conversation. He's only 27 years old or something. And, and everyone just gave up on the guy, but he still can play. And now he's back in fantasy viability. Welcome to the it's past. Crazy, because, you know, after the Bears, you know, he went to Philadelphia. 
Then he went to Miami and then went back to Philadelphia. It's like the Eagles are just like, it's like, it's like Jordan Howard is the Eagles broke back mountain. They just can't quit him because they just keep coming back to him every single time. And, and again, like I, so I took the under on Boston Scott's uh, rushing prop, which I believe was 44 and a half rushing yards. And this, every time that they gave Jordan Howard the ball, an angel got its wings because I was that much closer to hitting my prop. It was absolutely magical. You know, I was praying for a Kenny Gainwell touch. It was, it was legit <laughs> prayer. I mean, I got out the rosary and everything. I was like on my knees. I'm like, can you please Lord, just, you know, one on a goal line that would work. And then all of a sudden I talked it into existence. He scores the touchdown. I'm like, Woo-hoo-hoo! I end up hey. winning my contest by like 0.35. Yeah. He was his his uh you know touchdown rate was fifty percent because he only had two carries. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey man, give me two of those a week. I'm good. Are you picking uh, Jordan Howard up with trust? Are you doing it? Or do you have the kahunas to pick him up? Uh, no, no, and I and I don't because not because of you know Gainwell or or, or Scott, but because of Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts hurts pun intended, the value of his running backs because with his own rushing ability, I mean, he's going to get himself 40 to 50 rushing yards and maybe a touchdown, you know, every game. He has that opportunity to do so. And I don't like how that caps the upside of these other guys. Yeah, fair enough. And I mean, the only reason I'm going to entertain Jordan Howard is if you are have bi-week trouble and injury troubles and you need a fill-in, then I definitely don't hate the Jordan. How, who are they playing this week? Do you have that on the board right now? Oh, for, uh, for week 10? Yeah, for the Eagles, who are they playing? Yeah, so Philadelphia is going to be playing, and I'm just pulling it up right now here. Uh, they're going to be at Denver. Okay, see, that, that one's tougher now because now you're in the mile high and what Denver did, but then uh, ah, that's a tough one, man. Even if you're in trouble, I don't know if I like it now. You might have to go Eno. <laughs> yeah. Shit, I mean, life I mean, is tough mm, right now for fantasy football, buddy. That's tough because Arizona is going up against Carolina. Yeah, and the, the way they got work, though, I just, I don't know, man. I, yeah, you know what, Jordan Howard, goal line upside, TD upside. If you're really hurting, I don't hate it. I mean, you're going to have to throw darts at this point if you're really stuck. So, I don't know, man. It's a, That's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because when you look at, you know, like the way, how Philadelphia is actually distributing the ball, you know, especially, you know, in the red zone right now, um, I'm, I'm looking over their, their red zone numbers right now. Jordan Howard had in, in, in that one game yesterday, he had four attempts inside the five yard line. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that, that's phenomenal for, mm-hmm. for just, you know, his, his first game back there. So Howard's going to get the touches. I mean, unless Gainwell comes in and just sneaks one in, but he sneaks one in, man. Sometimes they get past the goalie. That's just how it works. Yeah. Djax, man, he lives. He got released and he found his way to a team that needed a deep threat. And that's the Las Vegas Raiders. He goes back there now. And I mean, are you really thinking anything? I mean, there was with all the crazy shit that happened this week, there wasn't a lot of news. And I mean, Djax is one of them. I'm staying away. I'm not touching Djax. Nope. You know why? Because it's not week one. That's right, man. His his window of opportunity has closed shut. He's he's eight weeks past his prime, man. I'm out. (laughs) The expiry date has passed. We will not touch it. Speaking of starving running back teams, I mean, let's end it off on this one. I mean, the Buffalo Bills, I know we spoke about it, but again, here's an opportunity for people to fill in a running back because Zach Moss is in concussion protocol. 
there still is no word if he's going to clear and play um, Devin Singletary. You got to say it versus the New York Jets. The Buffalo Bills have to get this ground game going, go back to basics, and they need a tune-up contest. I'm I'm saying if you can get Devin, I think it's a very good start this week. I, I would have to agree with you. I think he's got a nice matchup going up against the Jets. Um, you know, I mean, hell, no, I'm, not, I'm not even going to come close to comparing Singletary to, to JT, but... The Jets are super susceptible, uh, you know, in the run defense. I think that Singletary, you know, is definitely worth a like an RB2 spot this week. Perfect, man, because I'm in trouble because I have Zach Moss this week because everybody else is injured or on the bye. Yep. I'm in trouble, man. I am scared for my health because every week I seem to age because of this fantasy football thing that, you know, people apparently love. I do not love it anymore. I, I, I think I'm going to have to get out of the game. So it's no, it's not even like a love hate thing for you. You're just, you're just, you're, you're done. It hurts, man. There's just too it's, much. Every it's week, man. I hear you. Frick, man. You know how nail biting that one game? I won by thir- uh, 0.35 and I feel like I, I, I almost died. Like there was like three heart attacks that happened in a stroke. Like it was just, it was bad news. That was a tough game for you. Frick, man. Yeah. But that's all I got, buddy. I mean, it was a strange week and. Not a lot of headlines. I mean, it was just, uh, you know, it's just football in general. We're halfway through the year. We're halfway there. You know, we're, we're making it through. There's some weird things happened, you know, at the halfway point. So let's see if, uh, let's see if week 10 can kind of top week nine, or if maybe we can go back to some sort of normalcy uh, to where my teams don't get obliterated in every fantasy matchup. Yeah, man. I would like to see a little bit more fantasy success. I want to see my Buffalo Bills get back on track. As of today, who you picking? Super Bowl winner, since we're on topic. Let's go. Super Bowl winner, halfway point of the season. All right. So, um, out of the NFC, um, I'm still, as long as they can get their guys healthy, I'm, I'm going to go with Arizona. I think Arizona right now is, is looking mighty good on both sides of the ball. Out of the AFC, I still got to stick with the Bills. I think the Bills Ooh. figured out. I think that they, you know, I think that they still get things on track. I'm not throwing out Tennessee as like that, you know, that wild card, you know, contender there though. But I think, I think right now bills and Cardinals, that would be a fun one to watch. Okay. I love it, man. That sounds like a great one. I wholeheartedly want my Buffalo bills to go to the super bowl. You got, you know, this I'm going to say uh, if, if I can't pick my Buffalo bills, cause that's too easy. I'm going to okay. say, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving what Lamar's doing right now. I think uh, just everything. Remember, we, the, the biggest issues we had with Lamar was, can he throw the ball? He's proving that. Can he do it consistently? He's proving that. Is he a game changer? We always knew that. Can he play from behind? He's now doing that. And I mean, even as the funny thing is, this team used to be carried by the defense. Now the defense is letting up and Lamar is carrying this team. Mm-hmm. If the defense can kind of fix their their issues, man, uh, this Ravens club is definitely on the ups, and I, I they're going to be a tough bet in in the playoffs, hundred percent. When it comes to the NFC, uh, Tampa Bay, I mean, how can you not? I mean, even though the Antonio Brown news came out that he is hurting more than they thought, and he might be out for longer, it's very tough to go against your boy Tommy Touchdown. But the other one I'm going to say in there is is Green Bay. I think if if Green Bay OBJ or not, if Aaron Rodgers can get stay out of COVID uh, protocol, I think uh, they have a legitimate shot this year to beat uh, the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship. Yep, I don't hate it at all. That is good stuff, man. But I mean, that is the show this week. Have some good times. Have some beers. 
Enjoy it with your buddies, ladies and gentlemen. But on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at, uh, what's your Twitter handle again? (laughs) (laughs) The new one is Vineyard Remedy at Vineyard Remedy. No more Chris Kennedy 318. Vineyard Remedy. You completely messed me up with this change, man. God, I got to write this as a note. But anyway. not my fault. It was damn hacked. Somebody hacked you. Stop looking at uh, bad content. You won't get hacked. To all listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. And until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.